this episode of What's the Hazard is being brought to you by these incredibly generous true believers in workplace safety and health. And I am truly grateful for their support. Custom Concrete Specialists, CCS Group, and Cheyenne Wolford. My buddy Jim Cover down at the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group. Jim and all of his consultants. John Falowich and Falowich Construction Services. And our latest sponsor, Building Omaha. Building Omaha is a partnership between the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the IBEW, and the National Electrical Contractors Association, NECA. They pair highly trained electrical professionals with industry contractors to ensure they're able to serve customers safely and effectively. Building Omaha, the partnership that powers our city. Learn more at buildingomaha.org. Thank you all. We appreciate your support. All right, now let's get into this episode. Uh, this is Doug Fletcher, and you are listening to What's the Hazard? I'm sitting here with my buddy Aaron Cerrone. It is November 5th. Uh, we've previously talked a little bit about the emergency temporary standard just being promulgated by OSHA, and uh, look, check into that. But we are here to talk about leadership today. Um, so thanks for being here, man. It's We're going to have a good nice day. Time, buddy, yeah. A good weekend. It is, it is Ohio State, Nebraska weekend. Woo! And as uh, an Ohio State grad and a Nebraska resident, um, I'm just going to go to my basement and hide. Man. <laughs> you know, so now you got a big party going on though. We you have can't a, really. We hide. have a big gathering. We've got folks coming in from all over the country. My wife is an avid Ohio State. And she's a grad fan. as well, right? She is not. Her brother went oh, to Ohio State. Okay. My wife actually uh, matriculated to San Diego State. If you can imagine going to school in San Diego, so. I I had a friend that went to. Uh, Santa, is it Santa Monica State or, you know, there's all of those a thousand state schools in, in California yes. and half of them are on the beach and I'm just, exactly. oh, no, she went to UC Santa Barbara. Oh my God. And have you ever been there? No, but I was like, oh, I was like, how do, you, how do you get anything done going, <laughs> going to campus, college like that? The campus has its own beach. They, that university, my, one of my sons looked at UC Santa Barbara as a, as a school. Uh, thank God he didn't get in. <laughs> I, I, the the admissions lady when we went there for the tour and stuff said we have 8000 seats 8000 like in our freshman class or whatever and we get like 100,000 applicants every year Jeez. something i mean it is the most beautiful place you've ever seen man i've never been to pepperdine i've heard that's incredible too in malibu I, yeah it's just but santa I can't, barbara I can't holy shit the first the, thing that you see when you walk into the like into the uh oh, what do you call that area where all the students congregate at the student center? The student center. First thing they have is like a surfboard shop where you can rent surfboards if you're a student. I, I can't imagine. You would have to be ultra-disciplined oh. to go to a college like that. Oh. I, I, I couldn't have done it. I would have oh, no been way. skipping class left and right. No, I couldn't have done it either. I went to Tulsa where they didn't even sell liquor. <laughs> you know, you had to like <laughs> smuggle liquor in. And I was still I went to the Air Force Academy. Oh, we true. were on lockdown. Oh my you know, God. So I, I never claimed to have gone to college. I was institutionalized oh, for four right. years. Oh, that's funny. Man. You know, so I never even got the college experience. Yeah. Well, thank God for both of us or we wouldn't have finished. <laughs> that's fair. Hey, um, before we get started on leadership, I do want to mention our, our small business spotlight of the month, uh, two months, I guess. Wicked OSHA, I've, I've sent some information about, out about these guys, Brent Colvin and his crew. Uh, he has come up with a really useful app for small businesses, for contractors. I hope you check it out. I think you would find it useful. Wicked OSHA, it's wickedosha.com. Check it out. Do the free trial. No see what pun you think. intended. Wicked OSHA? Wicked. <laughs> I, I think there might be a little. <laughs> I think there might be a little. But anyway, I hope you do check them out. I think you would find it helpful. So. 
Let's get on to leadership, man. We haven't talked about leadership for a while. It's I been screwed a up last week. Or well, we have because you know you and I we talk about it all the time. And then uh, we also do the consulting to uh, oh yeah the safety network with the, the Encore safety with the Encore network. safety network exactly, uh, which is a great network. Uh, you and I have been involved in trying to just get safety out yeah. to more and more companies. Yeah, I think uh, where it's working, man. That's a great that's a great we're one doing too. Good. That's a good and, opportunity, and I'm excited about the certification program we're getting ready to launch. And yeah, I love that idea. Get the wheels rolling on that as well. Yeah. But well, so what have you been up to? What what's been going on? Man, just busy. You know, just chasing wanna... my tail, running a business, teaching, going on. I just picked up a uh, a class at Midland, uh, part of their MBA program. So oh, nice. I taught a term over there. Oh, nice. Which, which is pretty fun. They actually have a satellite. Uh, do you enjoy teaching? Do you, I, do I do. You like that? I do. Uh, it's always nerve wracking starting a new course or starting somewhere new because you got to build everything, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously it gets easier the more you do yeah, it sure. because it gets in kind of a wash, rinse, repeat type yeah. of mode. But, you know, going to a, a different university institution, obviously they all do things a little bit different. So I had to rebuild out an entire course. And then the the format was much, much different than ever I've ever taught under. Okay. And uh, so uh, Midland is doing a unique format where they're doing eight-week terms. And you meet one week and then the next week's online. Then you meet really online. and you only meet one day a week for like three or four hours so it, it's a pretty unique format so i had to you know you had to rebuild everything out and get the content is there a to purpose fit. to the like face-to-face remote face-to-face remote i think alternate? it's just that this hybrid form of learning is becoming more and more commonplace okay uh it, it was already moving that way you know online learning and hybrid but covid really accelerated that tremendously yeah, of course, yeah. and a lot of universities having been forced to do it um, there's benefits and drawbacks to anything else it's just like working from home or working in the office there's benefits and drawbacks but um, this this hybrid approach to learning um, you know it, it's a combination of flexibility for both the university and the students um, understanding there's valuable and face to f- value and face-to-face Instruction, sure. and then there's also value in remote learning as well. Okay, so it's it's trying to find that. Is the value to the student more so? I guess to everybody. You I know? mean, there is and, some benefit um, as an instructor. Sure, and it, it's just really it's it's in this where education's in this explorative exploratory type of mode right now, mm-hmm. trying to find what's the best approach. You right, because we, we were forced to do things overnight, uh, go from in person online, mm-hmm. and then. Then the next semester is hybrid, so it's now we're, everybody's kind of in this mode of, hey, what's the happy medium right. here? And, and and it's really just it's changing education. I mean, it was kind probably of for the better. The change was kind of inevitable anyway, wasn't it? I mean, we've been educating people the same way for a couple hundred years. Was it sure. necessary? I mean, even though it was um, yes and no, because everybody learns different, and we know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I don't like online classes personally. Mm-hmm. I would rather be in the classroom. Because uh, I, I like the interaction, I like being able to ask the question mm-hmm. immediately. Um, I like getting the explanation. The energy you I can like feel the energy, the energy the better than on the um, online. It forces format. me to get up and go somewhere, so it changes right. my mindset. Like I'm going to school. I'm not just going from the bed to the couch. Which is like going to the gym. I mean, gym. rather than going down you know, into your basement. Home gyms tend not to work, and mm-hmm. and. You know, it's one of those things where you and I both joke. There's going to be a lot of home fitness equipment on sale here in the next year or so mm-hmm. because everybody went to the home fitness equipment, and you're seeing all types of technology come out because of that. Oh, what a boon to like Peloton and those oh, companies. They man. became billion dollar companies overnight. Overnight. And but what's going to happen though is there are those people that never had the discipline to work out on their own at home. Right. That hasn't changed. 
and right. eventually they're going to transition back to the gym. Yeah, you didn't suddenly get disciplined right. just because you're right. stuck at home. Right. So <laughs> I totally get um, that. And, and the same is for education. While everybody was forced online, there were a lot of students that suffered tremendously because of that, because mm-hmm. they're not good online learners. They're not disciplined enough to get the work done. They have to be in front of somebody. They need that greater fidelity in terms of education and, and discussion and explanation. Uh, they need to be around other people. Some people... You know, we're social creatures. I mean, during COVID, depression and anxiety and suicides spiked. Alcohol. Because suddenly we're isolated. And, well, education follows the same. And and a lot of students really suffered. So the the hybrid approaches are are trying to find that happy medium Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, hey, if you're an in-class learner, get your butt in class. If you're an online person, fine, stay there. Mm -hmm. If you need to be somewhere in the middle, those options are starting to emerge yeah. as well. Um, so it, it's pretty unique to see how, and, and all the universities are struggling with this. This is across the board, trying to find that that right recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think about it, pre-COVID, you know, the education business is booming. We're building new buildings. We're expanding buildings. And, and all of a sudden you got these big buildings and everybody, nobody's there. So there's the business side of it is like, what are we supposed to do this big Oh yeah, building that we just put thirty million dollars in, and everybody's at home learning. Right. So, so from that perspective, you want to bring kids back as well. Absolutely. So I'm sure you know, that's there, true. there's a lot of dynamics going on. Well, well, tell me what you've been reading, man. We talked before we yeah, started just, recording. You just finished something you know, that you thought was interesting. I literally just picked up a book and and read it. Um, it's called the the Five Lost Superpowers. Uh, I want to pimp the authors. It's John Andrew Reed and Karina Chase and. Lene Steinhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can never, I always admire those people that can quote a book and then know the author. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't remember. No, I can't author, remember. Cause I don't really care who the author is to yeah. be honest. But, I could probably do Mark Twain. Uh, that yeah, might right. be the extent of, <laughs> it's not even his real name. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, but the, the, the crux of the book is uh, the five lost superpowers is that, and, and, and we've known this is that as kids, we tend to act certain ways and, and psychologists long know that kids, there's argument that kids are, more psychologically healthier and well-balanced than adults because kids will act out on every emotion they feel and they don't internalize mm-hmm. anything. Whereas, a, And what happens is as we get into school and become adults, we're told to act a certain way. Societal norms say do this. Societal norms say do that. And we lose those traits that we had as kids. And, and the, the book is identifies five superpowers that things we did as kids that we no longer do as adults Mm -hmm. and that we should, that we should. Right. And, and the five superpowers, uh, you know, they were curiosity, um, resilience, I haven't written down curiosity, resilience, uh, (laughs) compassion, playfulness, and authenticity. Yeah. And if you think about it, um, kids, like everybody has kids knows that they're asked questions a mile a minute. Mm -hmm. Why this, why that, why this, how comes this and how comes that? And they've done studies where kids up, up until like the age of five or up until school, uh, they'll ask on average 100 questions an hour. And mm-hmm. then when they get in school, that drops significantly. Mm-hmm. Because they're taught, they're taught to, to be quiet, sit, be sit quiet, still. Act old. And, and there's a time and a place for that to be able to educate masses. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is we now start to discourage curiosity. Mm-hmm. And they're not just asking questions a mile a minute anymore. Right. And, and if you think about it as adults, and I can see it in college, any questions? No hands go up. I go, come on. I know somebody has a question. Just raise of your hand. Of course they do. But now it's peer pressure. I don't want to look like an idiot raising my hand. 
and I don't want to keep people here longer or I'll figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. It's become almost taboo to ask a question. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, that carries into the workplace. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, people are terrified to ask questions. As a leader, you should be the most inquisitive person in the building, Mm -hmm. in the organization. And the problem is, is if you go around asking questions, what do people immediately think? Oh, we did something I'm wrong. In trouble. Why what what did I do? All of a sudden, yeah. hide. Everybody hide everything, and that is one of the most important traits as a leader and a manager is to be inquisitive, ask questions, learn, find mm-hmm. out what's going on, and do it with authenticity and being genuine about it. Hey, uh, why do you run the press like that? Mm-hmm. Hey, can you show me how to run the press? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And 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 learn how to run the freaking press, right? And that's why you know you've heard me say over and over: get on the shop floor and walk the floor. Uh, talk to people, get contact with people, and be inquisitive, not out of why are you doing it like this, mm-hmm. but more of, hey, can you, show me, can you show me how to run the press? Can you show me how to run the forklift? I'd like to get certified on the forklift. Can yeah. we do that? How did you learn to do it that way? I mean, how did you I'm, learn to do it? Yeah, exactly. Like, and guess what happens as a leader? You start learning all that tribal knowledge. Mm-hmm. You're building relationships with people. You're making connections. You're learning about your company. Shocker, why would we want to do that? I mean... If you lined up all the top CEOs out there, they probably really understand about 10% of what's happening in their company. Mm-hmm. They, they couldn't get down there and do the work right. in a lot of cases. Right. Now, I get it because they're up at those levels. And But uh, if you're a smaller company, there's no reason not to get out and talk to people, not to get out. Go sit down with your bookkeeper and say, hey, why mm-hmm. is it? Can you explain this You know, accounts receivable, accounts payable thing to me? Like, I don't mm-hmm. get it. And, and just that natural curiosity to ask I mean, ask it should questions. be okay for any employee to ask those kind of questions yeah, it, of their management, I would think. And it goes both ways. You know, we what do we tell employees? Shut up and work. Mm-hmm. Come in, punch the clock, do your job, and everything, everything will be fine. And even employees stop asking questions. Hey, boss, why do we have to wear the reflective vest? Mm-hmm. Or why is OSHA making us put the damn mask back on? Yeah. So... You know, the curiosity thing is, is, is huge. Like, and uh, I just saw a podcast with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. who, who's, you know, a big social media guy, big entrepreneur guy. And he even says that he thinks one of the things that's being stifled is our natural curiosity to try things. Mm-hmm. We're so worried about making it, so worried about success, so worried about having the Rolex uh, that we will pigeonhole ourselves too much because this is what we got to do. And this is, I have to make the money and I have to do this. And, and we just lose our natural curiosity to try different things. Um, I, I see it in education. I hate the fact that we force incoming freshmen to declare as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what you like. You haven't, you don't know what you don't know. We should encourage that curiosity and say, Hey, look, instead of the same old, dumbass prereqs we got to do. Let's make them take a class in every possible major. What, that might be a bit extensive, but mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The first two years should be an exploratory period where we are, let curiosity run wild. Hey, try a biology class. Yeah. Try a basket weaving class. Try a drama class. Mm-hmm. Try, try everything. Because you yeah. don't know where your curiosity is going to take you, and you don't know your likes and dislikes. And you might come in thinking, I want to be a lawyer, and then mm-hmm. you take basketball even go, that's amazing. <laughs> and, and then one, and then one, you know in what I mean? In the 70s, that happened that. a lot. So 
Oh, that's an extreme <laughs> example, obviously. Um, but we even stifle curiosity yeah, in, in that respect. That you got to declare early, you got to declare often, right. and you got to you got to go down this lane. And um, there's a book called um, Oh, I'm gonna bring the the book. Anyway, it, it, it's we're finding that breadth of knowledge. Mm-hmm is more powerful than depth of knowledge mm-hmm. because we live in a chaotic world. We, the business world is chaotic and ever-changing. And, and people that have a breadth of knowledge are more capable. Right. Well, how do you develop a breadth of knowledge? Curiosity. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to learn about this. Hey, I want to learn about mm-hmm. that. Hey, I want to check this out. And yeah. that's how you develop breadth of knowledge, curiosity. Yeah. But if we continue to stifle curiosity as adults and, we tend to force people down these funnels and that's fine. You're an expert in this particular area, but that's it. Mm -hmm. And so how how does that apply then in the work environment? It's called flexible workforce. Mm -hmm. It's you never want one person good at just one thing. Mm -hmm. You don't want an employee that's only good at one thing. You want an employee to be able to do multiple things for you. Right. Because now you can plug and play them all over the place. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have a single point of failure anywhere in your company. Like you never want, oh, Johnny quit. Oh, shit. He's the only one who knows how to run mm-hmm. that press. Right. We're, right. we're screwed. Quick train somebody up. Well, right. you know how that training's going to go. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and now, now the safety concerns will pop up because mm-hmm. now you just rushed him through the training. He barely knows right. what he's doing, just trying to get done or she. So a, a flexible workforce is the same vein of, of curiosity and, and breadth of knowledge. It's okay. Doug can run any machine in this place. Mm-hmm. And so, so if somebody calls in sick, I can roll anybody in there and guess what that does for you. Now you're not bored. Now you're not doing the same thing over the time. Right. I can move you around the company and keep you interested. Your knowledge of the company is better. Right. Um, you're certainly more valuable to the company. You're more valuable. Let's just talk about injury. Now those repetitive use injuries are going to decrease because you're not doing the same thing over and mm-hmm. over and over all the should, time. Should you re- reward employees for having that breadth of knowledge? I mean, I, I know of some companies that the more you know how to do, the more you make, the more money that you are able to earn, which I think is kind of interesting. It's kind of an incentive to... Expand yeah, I mean, your that, breadth of knowledge. That's one way to do it. That's one, you know, you, you, you can incentivize lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, could be money, could be days off, could be prizes, uh, could be status. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think any way you can get people to want to learn more, mm-hmm. to want to be multifaceted, yeah. to want to do different things. And I think you have to make it available to them. Like, you sure. know, I well, mean, because that, some people are just not You got to be proactive. They're not, not, they just want to do their one thing, stay in their lane. You, ha- you have to make the resources available. You have to tell them, you encourage them to learn more. You got to be willing to train them and give them time to train and educate right. them. Right? It, it ha- the company has to provide the resources mm-hmm. uh, to advance people and advance them in their careers is essentially what it is. It's just like, does, does your company have a management track in which somebody can come in, get experience, and then take management classes and learn how to manage and then do internships and move up through the company? Mm-hmm. Well, you should, have, you should have an approach to where you can learn multiple facets of the job, where you learn a job, you do it for a while, then you can learn another one, do that for a while. Maybe you go back to the first one for a little bit. Now you learn a third one. Go back to a while. Now you become maybe an evaluator on those areas, or maybe you become an instructor in those areas. Then you can become an evaluator in those areas, and now you yeah. move up to management. You know, there's lots of ways to do it, but it it's all goes back to embracing that natural curiosity because you know people are sitting there working. 
doing doing their thing on the line, going, man, I wish I could do something different once in a mm -hmm. while. I'm or, sure they Boy, do. that looks fun over there. I wish I could try mm -hmm. that. I agree. Let them. I agree. Right? And, and, and find out what they want. Hey, is there anything you'd like to do different? That's those conversations. Hey, what would you like to do in the company? Is there anything you'd like to do different? I'd really like to learn to drive the forklift. It yeah, looks fun. That's an interesting question. That would be a good, as you described, temperature check when you're out there engaging with your employees. That would be a great question for a leader to ask. What, what different would you like to be doing in this company? What else would you like to learn? I think that would be a good way to engage employees. I know Cam is bored silly sitting over there. He wants to learn something new. But I think, I think most of us do. I think most, most of us have some level of curiosity that we've either stifled or just don't tap into very well, or don't make it easy for them. The book is called Range. Sorry, that was driving me nuts. Range, that's Range. the breadth of... Learn the breadth of knowledge. Okay. <laughs> that was driving me nuts. Okay. Uh, not seriously, but uh, yeah, you're 100% you're, you're right. I think that's cool. I like that idea. Okay, man. So, you know, again, just, and that was just one of the five superpowers, you know, authenticity, having real conversations. Yeah. Like, how, how many times have we been embarrassed by one of our kids? Why is that guy so fat? And you're just like... I can't mm -hmm. believe you just said that. You're right, but why? <laughs> I can't right. believe you just said that. And, yeah. But we, we get told society says certain things are appropriate to say, certain things are not appropriate to say. If you're blunt with people, now you're a jerk. Yeah. Um, and there's ways to have proper, authentic conversations. Absolutely. But we've all been there. We don't want to have that difficult conversation. Right? How many times have we said that? Oh, that's a difficult conversation I don't want to have. But if we're secure enough in our authenticity, we can have those pretty mm -hmm. easy. Say, hey, man, we're friends, but you're doing a terrible job right now. Yeah. So, uh, you so know, if you're a leader, so, can you fake your way through authenticity? Sure, fake it till you make it. But Until you get there? People or start to notice. I was going to say, People man. People start to know for sure. Because this really gets down to trust, which I think is a critical leadership yeah. component. I mean, from the standpoint that if I'm an employee, I need to trust that my leadership has my back to some sure. degree. I, we've all been there. I've been, especially in the government, you mm -hmm. sit in front of these supervisors and directors and, uh, in, in my case, other officers, and they're, they're just talking to you. They're saying the words... And they're saying all the things that they know are proper to say, but you mm -hmm. can see it in their face. You don't believe a goddamn thing you're saying. Right. You don't care about me. What this most unauthentic conversation exactly. could be happening. You're saying all the right words mm -hmm. because you went through the training and mm -hmm. mentorship's a buzzword and feelings are a buzzword and, <laughs> and, right. and you know, whatever is about, and you said them all good for you. You've checked the box yeah. and that's all they're doing. Yeah. Uh, yep. I had the conversation with Doug and I said, I said everything we we're supposed yeah. to be saying. Uh, but it's not an authentic conversation. Interesting. Um, and if you think about who you got people in your life, your close circle of friends where you can say anything and everything to, mm -hmm. there's no filter, the most pure, authentic conversation you can have with another person. Mm -hmm. But then you get outside that circle. What happens? We start filtering. Absolutely. Pretty quick. Cause yeah. you don't want to hurt their feelings or you don't feel it's appropriate or, or you don't sort of, trust them. You don't trust them. And then, and that just gets worse and worse mm -hmm. the further you get out. It's interesting. Well, we got a lot more we can talk about on yeah. this, man. I, I love these little short bits. So I think the take home message from yeah. there is encourage curiosity, yeah. encourage Be breadth of knowledge. yourself. Exactly. Well, like, yes. Learn something new. Like I'm, I'm my, my son and I started learning drums. Mm -hmm. I love that. Right, I'm 47 years old. Learn to play drums. I like that. Uh, and it, and it's, it, 
it's been so fun because now I'm back in this learning mode. There's excitement. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn to. Now I'm listening to songs. Like, how the hell are they doing that? And mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. Don't and, start uh, with John Bonham. That's my uh, advice. Well, you know, what's funny is even my, my drumming teacher is like, says the same thing. Don't. Because he is so non-traditional and doesn't mm-hmm. even keep time. Not, like, not like the same time that uh, time. Jimmy it's all, Page is he's all, he's all over the board. Yes. And so, like, he's probably one of the worst people to try to learn from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. I appreciate it. And we'll, we'll do this again here yeah. shortly. Um, there's so much to talk about with leadership. Guys, uh, thanks for listening. We, I've been getting a lot of emails. I mentioned to Cam earlier. Been getting a lot of emails from folks I don't know from all over the country asking questions about some of the episodes. They love this short format, so we're going to continue to deliver this short format, little snippets. Maybe they're more easily digestible that way, perhaps. I know if we drone on for an hour, sometimes you probably want to just throw yourself off a bridge or something. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, But keep up the good work, everybody. If you are a safety professional or are you involved in supporting those of us that are safety professionals, it's important work. Keep it up, and we'll bring you as much information as we can to make your life easier. So with that, enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you later. Huda Media Production.